You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. You know, uh, games started last week, really two weeks ago, Austin P and uh, who did they play? Austin P played Central Arkansas and lost. Then this past weekend, there were some games, and now we have a more full slate of games. Tomorrow night is UAB versus Miami uh, on the ACC Network channel. So uh, definitely have some interest in that one. And it just really feels like football season because guess what? It's football season. No more looking forward to it. Yeah, it, and it certainly is football season, and that's a very good thing. It's also uh, Built Bar season. You need to go check out Built Bar. They're one of our glorious sponsors of this program, and we'll talk about Built Bar in just a little bit. Um, Jimmy, last night on our Sports Blitz programming, we interviewed a few different guys. We interviewed one from uh, 24-7 uh, site for Georgia, one from the 24-7 site for uh, Ole Miss, and one from uh, Mississippi State. So we got some interesting perspective. I thought I'd just give you a brief synopsis of that and then um, you know, let you rant as much as you want to today. Um, first of all, when it comes to Ole Miss, I asked the, the, guy that, the, the, guy, the guest that came on about, I said, how is everybody embracing Lane Kiffin? He said, it, he feels like everybody's embracing him pretty well. And um, he said he is doing a lot of cross-training and not, hey, cross-training from a cornerback to a safety so you can play both positions, but cross-training from a cornerback to a wide receiver to even potentially uh, running back because of all the you know, potential COVID issues. So I thought that was quite interesting. And the hmm. positive to that is you could have a team that's ready uh, if, if a COVID outbreak hits, you have a team that's ready. The negative side is that Ole Miss needs as much practice at their regular positions as they can get. <laughs> so trying to cross-train them probably isn't the best idea. So, I mean, you can spend that any way you want to. Meanwhile, the Georgia guest that came on was very interesting. He was very um, the opposite of what George, most Georgia message boards guys are. He said, and I'm going to tell you something right now. The Jamie Newman thing was not expected. I mean, if you want to, if you check out a Georgia uh, message board, they'll say, yeah, we were prepared for this. He said, no. He said, I was on my way to get a Blackstone grill, and I got a phone call that Jamie Newman's opting out. And he said, I had to, I had to abort my Blackstone grill mess mission. He said, I, didn't, I had no idea. And um, he said, for all the Georgia fans saying this isn't a big deal, this is a big deal. Um, JT Daniels is not cleared, and he. I said, I asked him point blank. I said, you know, is is JT Daniels out there doing his thing? He said, yeah, he's he's practicing, but whereas, um, you know, if Jamie Newman were to have been accidentally hit, he'd survive. If JT Daniels were to be accidentally hit, which happens sometimes in practice, he might explode. So we don't know. Um, so it, it's, I found it quite interesting. I, I really appreciated his candor 
And then the uh, the Mississippi State guy, um, I'm going to tell you the truth. He threw out a bunch of names. I asked him who the who the breakout stars could be on offense since you have this new air raid Mike Leach scheme. And he threw out a bunch of names. And, Jimmy, I follow recruiting as much as anybody, and I didn't know any of them. I mean, I, I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? Mississippi State's going to be worse than I thought. I really believe that. Um, he did, of course, mention Errol Thompson, who I was kind of hoping may may have been a grad transfer to Alabama just because he's such a badass tackler. But And he is from the state of Alabama. But, uh, he, you know, Errol Thompson, I think, will be a star. But other than that, I didn't know a lot of guys on the Mississippi State squad he mentioned either. So I'm wondering if Mississippi State is in for a, a really rough year, especially adjusting to this new offense. Yeah, they have fewer dudes. Normally, Mississippi State has a pretty good handful of dudes on defense, and I don't see that this year outside of, you know, they certainly have two or three. I think Nathan Pickering was, is going to be a star, and I think Errol Thompson is a really good proven player, and they have a DB or two always. But uh, I, I think Mississippi State's got fewer dudes on defense, and it's going to be a bad year for that because of the style of offense that Mississippi State will play will not lend itself to being bad on defense. So, I'm not thinking that Mississippi State's going to have a ton of success this year, but I do think this, uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge Mike Leach fan, but I'll say this. If, if football was played by just picking out 11 guys at Walmart and every coach in the league had to do that, go pick out your 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 11 guys on offense from, from, a, from a Walmart, Leach would win the league every year. I mean, I, I believe that. He, I think he can – I think he can find some offensive production out of crap. And at quarterback, he may have one of the more talented kids he's ever had. If you think about the quarterbacks he had at Texas Tech and then at Washington State, these were usually three stars that were not highly recruited. Luke Falk, you know, Gardner Minshew was a backup quarterback at East Carolina, you know, when, when Leach got hold of him. Um, you know, and at Texas Tech, he had lightly recruited guys. K.J. Costello was an NFL player. I mean, he, he's probably the most gifted six-foot-five big-arm quarterback he's ever had. So I think Mississippi State is going to score some points. They also have Kylan Hill, who may be, with apologies to Najee, Kylan Hill is probably as good as Najee, just plays for Mississippi State. Uh, I, I think Mississippi State will score points against most anyone they play, but, uh, but they're going to give up a bushel and – Right now, I'm going to say Mississippi State will finish five and five. Uh, but if I'm wrong, you know, they're more like four and six, you know, if that's wrong. Um, you know, as to Georgia, the Jamie Newman thing, it just, just makes me want to, you know, kind of go off on people. Of course, Georgia fans, the moment that kid opts out, which is devastating for Georgia, I was devastating. I immediately downgraded Georgia the moment that happened. But of course, Georgia fans are, oh, well, he was losing the job. You know, he wasn't going to be the starter or he wasn't good anyway or, gosh, so glad to get rid of that problem. That's because fans rationalize anything. They can't accept that something is really bad. <laughs> they can't accept that. They have to have someone to blame, so they're going to blame the kid. Uh, you know, and, and who knows what went into it. I don't know. All I know is this. I, I've seen Jamie Newman play. Really talented kid. He can opt out and will still be drafted no later than the mid-rounds. That, that tells you how, how good the kid is. He's going to be drafted, I would say right now, round three at kind of worse. 
Um, and, and I don't know what George will do about quarterback. I guess it'll be the hobbled JT Daniels or this athlete, Dewan Mathis, who I don't believe was super highly recruited. I certainly don't remember him well. Uh, but Georgia is going to be very, very, very good on defense. And uh, they'll still win eight or nine games, I, I think, just based on the defense. But I, I now admit I would put Florida ahead of Georgia in the East solely because Florida has a badass at quarterback, and now Georgia has a question mark. And for that reason alone, uh, I like Florida over Georgia. As to Ole Miss, again, generally they don't have dudes. But Lane, like Mike Leach, is going to squeeze something out of his offense. He's got a running quarterback. Uh, he's got a great running back in Jerry and Ely, who I think is one of the more talented skill kids in the whole league. Uh, he has a wide out or two he can, he can make do with. They have a few more guys on defense than they normally have, including one of the better inside linebacker duos in the whole league with the uh, kid. Uh, his last name starts with an S, and I'll butcher his last name. But he belongs side Jacquez Jones from, uh, from Tuscaloosa, who's a really good player. So, uh Ole Miss, I think, very similar season to Mississippi State. I mean, I'm going to say five and five, and if I'm wrong, they're four and six. This is what might happen, and this will be exciting in, in a micro sense. I can see, Luke, Ole Miss and Mississippi State being four and five and going into the Egg Bowl, and the winner finishes 500 and the loser finishes four and six. I mean, I, I, I can kind of see that happen. Is the Egg Bowl the last game of the year? I, I don't know their schedule. I think it's the second to last. I think no. I think it's still Thanksgiving weekend, so it's the second to last. Okay. Yeah, okay. good point. Good um, point. But I just say the the winner of Ole Miss Mississippi State will finish five and five, and the loser will finish four and six. Now that's that would normally affect bowl eligibility, but it won't this year. There's been no statement about the bowls, but but it, it just seems like to me that the bowl rules are going to be, hey, if we're going to have some rules as it relates to the playoff and the New Year's Six in terms of who can play in those games. Other than that, if you want to put on a bowl game, then you put it on and you invite whoever the hell you want to invite. Uh, I, I would imagine that's going to be the, the bowl situation. Uh, speaking of four and six, if you only bought four Built Bars, you're going to wish you had bought six. Because they are absolutely delicious, and they're nutritious, and they're good for you, and they're just awesome. You can go get all these new kick-ass flavors they have, like Cherry Barcia, and uh, what is the, or is it Cherry Barcia or Cherry, it doesn't matter. And then um, uh, good. Lemon Cheesecake, I mean, come on, man, cool. it's a carrot cake, cool. of course you want carrot cake. It's my favorite cake, I'm telling you right now, I'm not teasing, this is, this is true. I don't like carrots, I love me some cake. And you put carrots and cake, I'm down with it. Um, and so Built Bar, go check it out, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. They are a wonderful sponsor. We appreciate them so much. Tell them that you heard about Built Bar from the Locked On family of podcasts. Just enter promo code Locked On. that's all one word, and go to Built Bar and buy all they have and make them have to continue to uh, work overtime to get all the delicious Bill Bars back in stock. So, Jimmy, <clears throat> um, just switching gears a little bit here because I kind of want to go off on a rant myself. I'm driving to South Carolina right now. Um, I saw John Rothstein tweet out that the ACC 
wants to um, propose that every single team make the NCAA basketball tournament this year, uh, regardless of record, regardless of what happened, just everybody. And I tweeted, if that's the case, whoever wins that trophy, it'll be as legitimate as my world's greatest dad t-shirt. I mean, it's just, it's so stupid. It, it makes no sense. Um, I can't understand. If we're going to do that, why have a regular season? What does that matter? It doesn't matter. And you're going to force a committee who can't seed correctly as is to seed 300 and some odd teams now? They can't seed 68 teams right. They, they really weren't good at seeding 64. They probably weren't great at seeding 32. And now we got to seed 300 and some odd teams. This is so stupid. I, I, I'm just – this pandemic, it, maybe it does have some other side effects. Like it screws with people's mental abilities because this, this just makes no sense. Why would anybody want to do this and just essentially say the regular season is non-existent? I, I just don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't, I've been on record saying I don't like 68 games in the NCAA tournament. I think that's dumb. Why do we need who is going to watch? Teams? Who is going to watch? I mean, who would watch it? Michigan I mean, State. Who's the worst team? I know. I was just saying, Michigan State, or if, assuming they're not a not Michigan State or Kansas or whatever, but Michigan State would play an a, a five and twenty-three team from the SWAC in the first round. What? What insanity so is that? It's insane. It's like if you're fans of whoever finishes last in the SWAC and you're a fan of Arkansas Pine Bluff, <laughs> you're like, you really want to watch your team play Michigan State when they're playing for a championship so they're not, they ain't coming to lay up. That's going to be a 125 to 30. It's just how so. How do you bubbleize all that? How do you bubbleize? How do you say, okay, we're going to keep everybody safe because everybody's freaking playing in this tournament? It's so dumb. And heck, I would. You know what would be more exciting to me is do the opposite. Invite 16 teams and you can bubble that oh, up. Yeah. Invite 16 teams. I mean, and, and here's one more thing I say every year, and I, sometimes you can't see the forest for the tree, and I don't really know what that means, except when I use it as an example like this, and then it becomes obvious what it means. Hey, ACC, everyone is already in the NCAA tournament. That's not new. We do that this year. We, we do it every single year. It's called your conference tournament. You lose every single game in the regular season, and then your conference tournament starts, and you start winning you get to play in the NCAA tournament. Everyone is in it. You just have to win your conference tournament first, which is more exciting, by the way, because you're kind of playing teams your own size, even if you haven't been good during the regular season. It's not crazy that Vanderbilt plays Kentucky in the SEC tournament, that Vandy could win the game, even if they finish 14th in the SEC. It's conceivable they can, can, can still beat Kentucky. I'm just saying everyone's already in it. Just because it's not called the NCAA tournament doesn't mean that everyone's not already in the postseason. And in the postseason, you can keep playing as long as you win. 
Yeah, and, and again, I've been on record saying I wish we'd go back to the old way of you have to win your conference to make the tournament. I'm, I'm fine with that in basketball. The conference tournament thing to me is clearly just a money grab. It's clearly just yep. a money grab. That's all it is. Because when you get it's more impressive. It's more impressive year. to win your conference. It's more impressive to win your conference. So much more. Playing an 18 team conference schedule, you win your conference, you have achieved something. Winning your conference tournament only means, hey, we play really good three or four games. Exactly. So, anyway, I just saw that and it just sort of uh, it grinds my gears when people Go make uh, statements me upset. like that. That's... I, I don't understand what our fascination is with having all these Cinderella's have a chance. That's what uh, somebody said. Yeah, this will give everybody a chance. No, you have a chance. Don't, don't Everybody's already got a chance. Two thirds of the year. <laughs> Everybody's, I've told you this about the playoff and so few people, I know you get me, but so few people get this because they think it sounds crazy. I'm not crazy, I swear this is true. All the arguments about expanding the playoff field, every argument you get about people that don't like the college football playoff, every argument is because of the boils down to this. It's not fair that my shitty seven and five team doesn't get to be in the playoff. Right. That, that's what that's what all of those those things are. They're trying to find there has to be an easier way. It's not fair that only Alabama and Ohio State who are 13 and 0 in tough conferences. It's not fair that only they get to play in it. Let my shitty team play. That's, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. It is. It, like there, so there must be a way for Arizona to get in the playoff. Yeah, Arizona, win your games, all of them. All of them. Win all of your The playoff has been really, really, really fair to every Power 5 team that has won all of their games because they've all been in. There hasn't been one excluded yet. Now, I know group of five teams get excluded, and that's unfortunate, but no group of five team proved they were one of the four best teams in college football. Exactly. I mean, it just is so, again, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But... Um, that's what I say all the time about this expansion is we're going to expand this thing so much and then just totally screw it up. And it's just going to boil down to a couple of weeks when college football is a, is a tradition. It's a thing, man. It's a season. I mean, college basketball really isn't a season. You know, nobody really knows when the hell it starts. It's kind of October, kind of November. And who gives a shit who won the Maui Invitational last year? Does anybody know? It's the best and worst. No, it's the best and worst. I mean, I love college football is our favorite sport, of course. And and I would tell anyone, and we can prove college football has the best regular season in all of American sports because the games are vital starting September 1st or whenever your first game. Game one is vital. Uh, you've got to win every week or or, or you, you're not going to play for it all at the end. College basketball is the opposite. I would tell you that college basketball's regular season sort of sucks. <laughs> it's not interesting. I mean, I'm not going to watch. I'm a big college basketball fan, but I, I don't really watch Duke versus Wake Forest on a Tuesday night in January. I mean, I might watch a few minutes because maybe Duke's got a Zion Williamson I want to watch play, but I, I, I 
their regular season is a good. Now their postseason, the postseason, March Madness, that that may be the most exciting thing in all of sports. Uh, but that's what it is. That's what makes college basketball stand out. That sixty-eight team tournament um, at the end is awesome. But whew, they're November, December, January, February. Eh, I'm, I'm usually watching. I'm keeping up with who's winning, but uh, I'm not watching a ton of 40-minute games that Alabama's not in. That's right. All right, Jimmy, let's take another break, and when we come back, we'll just talk about some tidbits from around the world of Alabama. Okay, Jimmy, anything going on with the team? There was a lot of hubbub this morning about Charles Barmore and apparently deleting a lot of stuff off Instagram, and there were just rumors running rampant on every single message board. If you're on a message board, you know what I'm talking about, about potentially Barmore not being with the team, and maybe he's leaving, maybe he's opting out. I, I don't think any of that's going to happen. Um, you know, never say never, but uh, what are your thoughts here? I think at most, and I was concerned. I got the early morning texts, you know, I, 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 you know, because it went out on message boards, and, and 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 it concerned me enough to where I felt like, okay, I really need to ask someone that would know if this is true, and I did, and then then found out quickly that it was nothing, or at least it's nothing at this point. Maybe it blows up into something later today, but as of right now, it's nothing. Um, I think what happened is this: just imagine because I think this happens frequently, you're in college and, and, and you're at that volatile college age and you have a fight with your girlfriend and you go back to your apartment and you're really stewing it over and, and you're really negative and you're really upset with her, probably over something silly, <laughs> and you're upset with her. And you even to the point you tell your friend, that's it, it's over, I'm, I'm done with her. And, and when you say it, you even mean it when you say it to your friend. But you know who you never told? Your girlfriend. Because you were blowing off steam. You were upset. But you know that as upset as I am, I better not call her and tell her that we're done because then we might really be done. And then that would be a big problem for me because I'm just mad and upset today. And give me a few hours and I'll feel differently. So I, I think that's sort of what, what that, that's my read on what's happened. I think Barmore had a bad day, vented, but he didn't call Freddie Roach or Nick Saban <laughs> and say, screw you guys, I'm going home. I think he vented. And as usual, cooler heads prevail and it was never a thing once the vent was over. I think well, that's my read. That's my read. I think that that's the most likely scenario there. Um, but what I really hate, again, Alabama message boards are going crazy. Like, ah, oh, well, I yep. see he's gained weight anyway. I mean, you know, that's like seeing a girl across a bar and saying, I'm, I want to ask her out, man. She's kind of fine. And you go up to her and say, hey, um, hey, uh, you know, can I buy you a drink? She said, no, I'm, my boyfriend's going to well, you're like, I don't care about you. I mean, <laughs> exactly. come on, man. So I mean, she's, she's, not, she's still good. She's still the hot chick that you saw just a few minutes ago. And um, far more good. I, we need 
want him on the team. So don't Heck say yeah. he's fat or he's he's immature. Just see well, what happens. What's doing the same thing that Georgia fans did with Newman? Yeah. <laughs> Barmore is a really talented guy, and we need him. We need him a couple things. We, we do need him on the team because he's really talented. We also need him to mature and be more responsible and be assignment-oriented and be more do-your-job guy. We need, him, we need all of that to happen, and that would be in Christian's best interest too. We need all of that to happen, but, but silly stuff of if he, if he did in fact leave the program, the, oh, he's fat, he doesn't follow his assignments, he wasn't a good player, he clearly hasn't matured, we're better off without him. That's just fan insanity, you know. We would we would be trying to talk Barmore out of leaving. We'd have somebody in his ear all the way to the airport in Birmingham, you know, trying to talk him out of it. I mean, while at the same time our fans are going, we don't need him. <laughs> but we've got an army of analysts and coaches trying to talk him into staying. I mean, that's what will be going on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, apparently it's nothing. Apparently. Uh, it, there was probably something to it, but something to it in terms of, I think if fans really knew how many of our 85 players say the word, I'm leaving, at some point during the year, they'd be stunned. I mean, <laughs> they'd be stunned. And sometimes the I'm leaving doesn't make it out of the apartment. Sometimes it makes it into conversation with parents. Sometimes it makes it into conversation with teammates. And sometimes it even makes it into conversation with their coaches. But it comes up a lot because what we ask these kids to do is hard. It's hard to be a football player at Alabama. It's hard to be a football player and go to school. It's hard to do all that's required of you by being a player, by being a student, by being a social person when a lot of your friends aren't football players and are devoting all of their time to getting drunk and chasing chicks and having fun and blowing off school, a lot of their friends are doing these things while they have to be as disciplined as a United States Marine. It's hard and they all get frustrated and that's totally understandable. Uh, and, and we need to be as fans more patient with these kids that are uh, doing something most of us adults can't do. Very good point. Any other thing going on with the team you want to bring up? Well, the last scrimmage is this Saturday. It's huge. If you think about it, this was supposed to be the home opener this Saturday, and there will be football played in our stadium. It just would not be a football game against Georgia State like it was scheduled to be. It will be the final scrimmage. The final scrimmage is huge because it is the last gasp the last opportunity to move up the depth chart, to get on the travel squad, to get on the two deep, to get in the starting lineup. This is the last chance because the moment this game is over, the scrimmage is over, then the coaches will watch the film on Sunday and make a bunch of decisions. And then the team will come back to practice Monday. And at that point, all they will care in the world about is beating Missouri. And, and who are the kids we're going to use to beat Missouri? Uh, that, that will be Monday. So the scrimmage is, is really the end of camp. The scrimmage is really the final cut down. It's, it's like, all right, if you're going to play, you better step up and make a play on Saturday because they make their decisions on Sunday watching that tape. The coaches do. So 
uh, Monday, which will now be here in what, just five days from now, Monday is when the script flips and it's all right, time to get ready to beat Missouri. All right, buddy, and we will be back with you guys tomorrow with some more Alabama talk. Hopefully I won't be on the road tomorrow, but we'll see. Who knows? I'm crazy like that. So roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.